When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. This is your extra show, which is previewing this weekend's game against... Oh, I've forgotten who it's against. Uh, I, I can't remember, I'm sure it'll come back to me. My name's Cammy Bell, as always, and this week I am joined by the ever-lovable rogue, uh, the Scarlet Pimpernel of Derbyshire, Mr James Tessie. Tess, how are you? You alright, my friend? My friend, I'm on better for speaking to you, so yeah, it's all good, my brother. Oh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful reciprocation of such a nice intro. This is why I always like to do extra with guests who I think raise the the, the general platform. Um, and having you on it, I think, like you say, takes it to, to stratospheric levels. And we're going to get into some uh, some lighthearted stuff as we look forward to the Celtic game. Um, and we also want to be able to try and talk about some some uh, matters quite close to your heart as well, Tess. So let's jump into it. We um, are now out of the Scottish Cup. Uh, following a fairly dismal performance against St. Johnson last Sunday at Ibrox. Uh, Tess, how's your recovery been from that? Because I think I've went through all of the stages of anger, disbelief, you know, acceptance. I don't know if I'm maybe back to anger yet, I'm not really too sure. But um, yeah, it's taken a few days for me to be able to try and process it and, and get over it. I wasn't angry at the time. Uh, my dad come down to my ass to watch it. Uh, so, so we both sat here watching the match and when Tav put us one up an extra time I'm thinking yes this is it you know we're going through um, when we managed to leave a six foot six man wearing fluorescent green unmarked for them to equalise I turned to me dar and says no this ain't happening um, penalties started it didn't go as we envisaged obviously and when Kamaru took his run up, I turned around to my dad and goes, he's missing this. I'd miss it, he did. Um, straight after the uh, after that, my dad goes, now it's done. So I jumped in my motor, drove him back home, got back home to realise that, yes, we had been knocked out. 
and it's a real disappointment. That said, at the start of this season, our goal was to win the championship, and we have done that emphatically, emphatically. We have won it in record time, and the records still haven't finished because by the end of the year, we might well have the least goals conceded. We might get over 100 points. We've already got the British record for starting a season with clean sheets. So in the league this season, our team have been superb. In the Cups, not so much. So Sunday was disappointing. But as I mentioned on updates earlier on, matey, I'm not going to let it detract from the fact that in the league this season, we've done our work, we've done our job, we've been immaculate. It was disappointing. It was a kick in the stones, but we've had a great season and we move on. Yeah, and listen, do you know what? I think all joking aside, it just it just had to go through a little bit of that that raw period of just being able to try and, and you know absorb it. You just accept it. You take it from there. And I think when you get into the cold hard light today. You're probably in a space now, I think, Tess, where because we are so demanding of success, that winning the league was the pinnacle. That's absolutely what we were reaching for. What we're also talking about in terms of the other cups on top of that, runs in Europe, etc. I always feel these things are, are nice to have, but we have one clear clinical goal, which is the, the, the title. Um, and do you know what? Maybe this is where, uh, you know, we've set ourselves up with such a... a I can expectation that we would be able to do so well domestically because we've done so within the league, but yet the cups are almost the the polar opposite where we probably let ourselves down within that. I don't know if I necessarily agree that, you know, we, we when we saw penalties, we hoped that it would kind of go through because I remember watching it and I just think the body language at that point, I'm not going to say that the players are wrong for mentally or physically checking out. I, I physically, it's going to be really tough because we know it's been a long season. We've had some strong changes within the, the, the starting lineups and what have you. But by and large, you've got a core group of players in there who have played a lot of football. Mentally, I think that we've got to a point now as well where a race is very much ran. We understood what kind of goes on. We just have to focus on um, seeing this season out, achieving the goals and the records that you said there, like, as I say, the, the unbeaten run, being able to get over 100 points. Um I don't believe that this manager does believe in complacency, so I still think that whilst there is something to be gained, if it is any of the things that I've just suggested, you know, he will instill in the players that, you know, we want to go and get it. So we just have to look back on it now and say we've got our, we've given ourselves the best possible opportunity now to to really drive on next season and get into a really healthy space with that. Now, we do have um, the other half of the old fun coming over to Ibrox on Sunday. Um I'll go back to the Scot uh, the Scottish Cup game against Intes, and, and I think you know you and I spoke at the time around the the aim being Celtic have got the Scottish Cup is all they have left within their season. They couldn't get the players motivated for it. I think you saw a, a huge degree of lethargy uh, when you saw some of the the, the the Celtic play. That being said, there is a carrot on the end of the stick for them for Sunday coming to beat. You know the or to take away the unbeaten record to take away the the you know the perfect uh, record at home uh, within the league as well. They should be able to to build to build on the confidence that they've had with the previous games against us. However, I always think our talent outshines them. So whilst they may want to be able to get into a better space with regards how they sign off in the season, by and large, it's been a disaster for them. Do you feel that we can now? use this as an opportunity to to really set our stall out and 
I think really just kind of stand on the neck as if we've not done that all season, but really just to give them the kind of uh, the, the the killer blow, if you like. Absolutely, mate. Um, one thing that our fans have been guilty of this season is thinking Celtic is shit. They're not. Let's be honest about this. The past few years, they've dominated Scottish football. Now, we can turn around and rightly say that they have had financial advantages and everything else they want to put against it. They have been the best team in Scotland for the past God knows how many years. Taken outside the um, external influences, they've been the best, which is what makes our dominance this season all the more impressive. Now, they come to Wide Rocks on Sunday and that's their season. All they've got left now, all they've got is to stop us from being invincible. They can't win a trophy. They can't overtake us in the standings. All they've got is to stop us going and beating through the season. And that says quite a lot about how far they've fallen. Now, in years gone by, teams have come up and done really well. But what we've done this season is exceptional because we've done what we've done as underdogs. Last season, Celtic were the champions, okay, via Zoom call, but they were the champions. Now, that platform of strength that they've had, we've come this season and destroyed, ruined. No respect for them, for their achievements, for their personnel. We've come and we've smashed it to pieces. And we've got one of the best title-winning Rangers teams in our history. And our history is absolutely glorious. This team deserve every accolade that they get. In the Cups, granted, we could and should have done much, much better. But in the league, mate, we've been absolutely, to this point, faultless. Now, Celtic come to Ibrox on Sunday... And all their season is now isn't winning a trophy, isn't glory, it's stopping Rangers being invincible. Now, if we turn up on Sunday and play at our best, we will blow them away. We will ruin them. We've shown that earlier on this season, though we played against them. We don't have to play at our best to give them a doing. In the cup two weeks ago, first half, Rangers were superb. Second half, not so much, but we still won. If we turn up on Sunday and give half of our best, we're going to win. I would like to think that after Sunday, which wasn't an embarrassment because St. Johnson deserved that success. You know what I mean? Let's not detract from them. Cam Davidson's built a good team with some good players and they've worked us out and fair play to them. But in the scheme of things, it's a bit, we don't really like it. So our players should have the bit between their teeth to go out there on Sunday and prove once and for all that we are, certainly this season, Scotland's finest. One of the things that I'm curious about, and I'm keen to kind of get your opinion on this, is because we know that... uh, you know, you've done that conflict of it. It's a dead rubber. There's nothing really kind of on the line for it. But then I don't believe that there are dead rubber old firm games because of everything that kind of comes with it. You know that and I know that. So whilst you're not sitting there, you know, biting your nails with anticipation of, you know, this is Friday and the game's on Sunday and, you know, what happens if we lose? What happens if we win? You know, how does it kind of 
to how does it kind of how does it kind of draw itself out? We can go out there and you know a draw is not the end of the world. All of the pressure really has gone. Um, I think that when you look at what they are trying to achieve, it will be interesting because I don't think that they can do anything now to really take away from what a disastrous season that they've had and they've got a major rebuild to go into. The thing that I'm curious about, though, Tess, and what I want to try and get your opinion on it is you and I have both kind of lived through the recent history where the the polar opposite has been true, where you are sitting there and you've been worried. And I don't care what anyone listening to this says to the contrary. You have been worried because we were under strength. We were scrambling a team together. We were absolutely fucking lost in the woods at times. We really, really were. Celtic, whether you like to admit it or not, were a well-oiled machine under Rodgers. There was plenty of doings handed out across that time. Yeah, we laid a couple of gloves on them and got a couple of jabs in and stuff, but by and large, you went and they completely turned us over. So I suppose my question to you, Tess, is knowing that we've had that more prolonged period and, and how the team has changed in terms of like the last five years, for example, do they owe it to the fans, do you think, to go at this hell for leather? And I'm not saying get there and start causing injuries by pulling muscle, whatever, I don't mean that. What I mean, though, is you need a last hurrah because Livingston away is is going to take care of itself. Aberdeen for title part of the day is everyone's just going to be, well, just get us finished. We're not in the Scottish Cup any longer. Aberdeen are not in the Scottish Cup any longer. This is the last competitive game. No one will care. Aberdeen will just want to get done and out of there. Rangers will just want the game finished so that we can get the hands on the trophy that we've won nearly two months ago now. But my question is, do the fans deserve us being able to give them a proper rollicking uh, on Sunday afternoon? Unless you're from the west of Scotland, the players owe us nothing. And that might sound a wee bit strange, but let me elaborate. If you're from the west of Scotland, you understand what our football club means to us. You've lived it, you know it. Look at our captain, he's uh, from Leeds. Now, Tav has been at Rangers for five years, five, six years now, and it's come to be part of him. But, you know, when he was going up as a wee boy, knocking a ball about on a, on a, on a close in Leeds, did he count Rangers? No, we never. And why should he? Most of the players who are there now as kids didn't know who we were. So to say they owe us something is wrong. It's... We like to think that they believe in football like we do, but they don't. Let's be honest about it, they don't. The guys in the West of Scotland know what it's all about and they've got no excuses that, well, West of Scotland, all of Scotland, we are Scotland's team. You know, that those guys know what it means to us, but the rest of them don't. But not this season because the fans haven't been lied in for obvious reasons, it's been a horrific year. But when you sign for this football club and when you play in front of these supporters and when you go to places like Pitodri, Tanadice, Almondvale, Parkhead and when you score a last-minute winner and when the supporters are absolute pure berserk, that's when you know what it means to be a Rangers player and it gets in you. You love it, you know what I mean? And then it means something to you. So, again, these players owe us nothing. Because this season especially, we've not really been on their journey. 
On social media, yes, but that means nothing. You know what I mean? We've not been on their journey. But, but as professionals, playing for someone like Steven Gerrard, who is an absolute winner. I remember, seeing, I remember when he was in his teens, seeing him play at Derby County and absolutely running the show. 19, 20 years old, not, not, not giving a, a care in the world and running this show. My man is an absolute winner. You look at what he's done in his playing career. He's won the European Cup with Liverpool. He carried that average team for so many years. And to play for a guy like him, you've got to have a certain type of character. And we've seen over the three years that he's brought players in and put them out the door because they've not met his expectations. So you've got to say every player in our squad now meets Stevie's expectations, which is to win, to give all you've got. No matter how good you are, if you if you give all you've got and play your absolute best, you'll get his respect. And as Rangers fans, you get our respect too. There's, there's something, I think another factor, and I know that David spoke about this um, after the the. Scottish Cup win um, on the flagship show. Um, and, you know, I was listening to it, and I think like many others, um, nodding along in agreement when he, you know, used the keyword contempt. And I think that they, on top of everything that you've just mentioned, because uh, you are talking about a guy with Gerard who is a winner. You're talking about a guy who comes in to deliver standards and to, you know, Yes, we can see the whole work hard, play hard thing and all that kind of stuff as well. But he understands his relationship with his players. They revere him. I think that that's very clear when you see all of the player interactions that they ever have with him. Um, because let's face it, the guy's a global icon. But they obviously massively respect him in terms of what he can do to, to continue to develop him alongside everyone else within the coaching staff. But we needed that edge of contempt and he hates them. And I say that with the, 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 the closest thing you can do from a sporting respect perspective. But he knows what that journey has been like. He has heard their comments. Lennon was very happy to be able to give them some sly digs and be able to talk about the players and various other things as well. We've seen some of the coaching staff get involved with some of it as well. But do you know what, Tess? I'm all for it. I absolutely wanted it because I thought at times prior to the Gerard regime, we were meek. And so, you know, sometimes, well, I mean, more more often than not, we were toothless, we looked rudderless, there was a revolving door of change, which obviously didn't help at all, and I understand that, but that was that transitional period that teams were going through at that time. But you needed that spark, just that wee urge. And I'll be honest with you, I think that he is going to be able to go out to them and say, you know, just remember where you've been at. To guys like Tav, who you've mentioned, having went through that whole journey, that whole process, and not been able to put a glove on Celtic. Now what we can do is we can go and absolutely dominate them. And you can hear them. You can hear them worried about it. You can hear them thinking as they get away with a draw, that would be a good result. Um, I think that we've got a great opportunity to go out and absolutely turn them over. I really do. Before we get into um, the score predictions and all of that kind of stuff as well, Test the manager today was at the press conference and uh, confirmed that uh, having gone off against St Johnson, Phil Hollander will be now out for the remaining three games of the season. Uh, should be fit for the Euros, thankfully, uh, because, like I say, I know that he's going to go and have a, a great tournament, um, which means that Jack Simpson will be coming in to, to play alongside Conor Goldson. Um, a lot of pressure going on to him, but I think he's had some, he's had some tough press, I think, Simpson. 
I think that he's a he's he's a work in progress. I think that he's going to continue to develop. So, like Nathan Patterson has done before him, exposure to these kind of games and um, again, like I say, getting involved within some of the kind of needle in the back and forth and stuff as well that is going to come from one of our biggest domestic opponents. I think we're going to see a lot from him, and I'm I'm pretty comfortable that Connor Goldson will protect him in the back of that as well. For Jack Simpson this weekend, it's really do or die. As Rangers fans, rightly or wrongly, we are very quick to judge. Now, as as we said previously, our club is f- based on success and glory. And we judge players to a very, very, very high standard. And Jack Simpson has come in early because we've got a pre-contact, but eventually played the fee to get him in early. We've brought him in and he's come in. And let's be right, uh, Cammy, he's not set the head of a light. That said, that said, if he's good enough for Ross Wilson and Steven Gerrard, then he's good enough for me. And that should be enough for the Rangers sport as a whole. Now, Sunday, he plays against our greatest rivals, not just in terms of football, but in terms of challenging for trophies. He's going to do or die. On Sunday, he's either going to be man of the match, he's going to mark Edward and whether uh, outside the game and keep a shutout, or he's going to shit the bed and it ain't going to be good. There's no in-between. Me, personally, I think it's going to be the former. I think he's got something about him. He's coming to this team and he's not really shown his best form. Let, you know, let's not beat about the bush. He's not showing his best form. But if Ross Wilson and Stevie G think there's a player in there, which, let's be right, if, if there wasn't it, wouldn't he have signed him? You know what I mean? So there's a player in there. And if CVD trusts him to go and have Salt and Levin against the forces of darkness and do the business, then I trust him as well. And it's going to show if or not he's around his player because the jersey hangs heavy on so many good players who come to Ibrox and done nothing, you know what I mean? Done nothing because it's too heavy for them. Now, on Sunday... Jack Simpson will show is a jersey too heavy for him. He's either going to play out of his skin, keep a clean sheet, going to win the match, or he's going to shite the bed and he's a dud. There's no in-between. Me, personally, like I say, I trust Stevie G. I trust Ross Wilson. I think he's going to be... He's going to do all he's got to... Let's be fair. Celtic strike partnership of um, Edward who packed up six months ago in the L-U, ning-nong, bing-bong, bing-bang, whatever his name is. <laughs> but, uh, went, went down a weird avenue there, but yeah, Ellen, I, say, I, know, you, I, I know what you mean. You know what I mean, mate. He, he can cope with it. He can cope with it. So what I'd say to him is, my man, don't be scared. You play for the best team in the world. The fans will back you. Go out there and play your game. And do you know what, you know, there's plenty of examples where, you know, if we go down that, you know, the potential shit, the bedroom, and it's funny, right, because I do know where you're coming from, because I think when you're looking at it from that optic, as Rangers fans do, but everything's absolutely brilliant or terribly shite, it's usually one or the other. Even if he does have a poor game, 
I'll, I'll throw back to you know guys like Fernando Rickson. Terrible old firm debuts, but then went on to become brilliant players and, and huge contributors towards us. But this is a good opportunity for him, in my opinion, to be able to come in, get a flavour of it. Um, I will be interested to see as to you know, whether or not they, they, they try and, and do any kind of targeting with him. Because it's, let's face it, that's what they did with Liam Balligan when Liam Balligan fell in at right back. Um, and, and they did get some joy on the back of that as well. But then equally... You know, Nathan Patterson has, has done very well against Celtic, was unlucky not to score against them actually in the Scottish Cup. Um, so I think, like you say, he's going to have a, a good piece of education, I think is probably the best way we can put it. We hope that that's in the back of, of a very, very good result. Um, but again, like you say, he will learn lessons, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Tess, let's move forward through the team slightly because um, one other area that we do have some problems in, it's not just the centre half, it's also in midfield, um, with Scott Arfield also now going to be missing and will take no further part this season as well as the manager confirmed in, in Friday morning's press conference. Um, I think that that can almost defaults us to Kamara Davis and Joe Aribo where I think that the manager would have preferred to play Joe Rebo a little bit further forward. Um, I still think that that's a very strong midfield. I, I, what I want from Joe Rebo, is what I said at the time following the um, the last couple of fun performances, from, is that that's what I want from Joe Rebo. There's been times early on when he was getting into all fun games, and I think that you know it, he just wasn't at the races, which I, I get and understand, and he's grown into them. My hope is that if we do have to put him in that in that midfield three, it doesn't do anything to do that. That kind of the stifling of the creativity, what he wants to be able to try and do going forward and stuff. Because there's the the worst thing we can do now is take him out of a groove, and then have him regress going into these kind of games. Jerry is a quality player, but I'm, I must pull up um, about the the Sutherland cages. In the nineties in Derby, we had cages. I played in them. I was shit. But we had them anyway, so it's, trust me, blood, it's not a new thing. But at the same time, it does teach you a certain way of playing, close control, tiny tricks, tiny skills. And Ariba and Kamara have both graduated from that class of football with flying honours. Now, as you rightly say, in years gone by, Ariba hasn't done it in the old firm. In Europe, they said that about him until against Braga last season when that goal he scored was one of the best I've seen in my entire life. So he's proven he's a big game player. In, in the year, uh, the court game at Ibox two weeks ago, he proved he's a big game player. He can play the old firm. And I'm not going to say that what happens on Sunday is dependent upon which Uribo uh, turns up. But what I will say is if Uribo turns up and fancies it, Mate, they cannot contest that kind of skill. No, they can't. And you know what? I, I couldn't agree more because I think that when you see the game, when you see the close control that he has and how he looks to 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 now go forward, he obviously wants to envelop that part of his game and stuff. And and I think in the last, especially the cup games you just mentioned, but um, even if I go back to to the one 0 game, um, you know, I thought he started to play really, really well within that. He's found his his spot within it now. And as you say, he's played in big games before. He's delivered before, we understand that. But it comes back to that, you know, that's that expectation. It's, you know, you've done this in other stages. Why can't you do it in this one? Um, let's go uh, front three then, Tess, because I'm, I'm also keen to kind of get your, your thoughts on this. I thought um, that we may have seen um, Scott Wright against Celtic in the Scottish Cup game. Uh, but 
I'm curious to get your thoughts on this young lad because if I think of a forward three that we may go with, what I think the manager will probably go with is um, Hadji Kent Morelos. Kent has to play because they are terrified of him and I think he's been sublime in recent weeks. Um, confident with Giannis Hadji or would you like to see us potentially look at starting Scott Wright maybe in that right-hand side? He, I, I, I'm very, very pleased at the piece of Scott Wright business. You mentioned earlier on as we talked about Jack Simpson, the faith that we have within um, Ross Wilson, talking about being able to bring these guys in. Wright was brought in early because we wanted to get him within the fold. We wanted to see what he can do. And as far as I'm concerned, he's shown some very, very promising signs. I'm very encouraged by him. Um, I think that this is a good opportunity to put him in. I'm, I'm honestly at a coin toss between whether or not to start Hadji or Wright. I would start Scott Wright because Hadji, I like Hadji because he can do things that no other player can. And I'll take us all back to last February against Braga. And when he scored, they went 2-0 up and Hadji from nothing got it back to 2-1. And then obviously he scored the winner. And that for me was a bit, I wasn't there when we played Palmer in 99 but that for me with the best European moment at Ibrox ever you know what I mean it was the noise everything about it was just mate you can't buy that kind of thing you know what I mean Ibrox baby Hadji, it's just different uh, Ibrox baby it's different you yeah. know what I mean um, <laughs> Hadji is a quality quality player but but against the forces of evil He's not really done much. For me personally, I would start Scott Wright because in the last few matches, he has been direct. He's been a threat. The goal at um, Diamond Park the other week showed that he's got a goal threat, which when I've spoken about him before, I've said, has he got that? He's proven me wrong. Yes, he has got it. I would start... Uh, sorry, I would start Ryan Kent because he hates them and they're terrified of him. I'd start Alfie because Alfie. And I would start Scott Wright because every time he's come on for us, he's shown a threat. He's got pace. He's got power. He's shown with that goal at Medemid Park, he's got an end product. So that will be my front three. Hadji, I love him. He's a great little player. He's a great little player, but on 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 current form, I would put Scott Wright ahead of him. See, it's interesting because I mentioned before about Jack Simpson and and using Sunday's game as a good educational opportunity to get involved. Now, Scott Wright's slightly different because he's obviously played against Celtic before, having you know been uh, in the the Scottish domestic game for some time. Um, I think this will be different because uh, he won't have played in a Rangers team against Celtic. He won't have played in a Rangers team that's. Um, on the crest of a of a title-winning wave uh, and a Celtic team that, let's face it, is pretty much, you know, decimated in terms of of morale. So it will be an interesting one. I think we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll have a, a thought around, you know, how it would best work as to whether or not we could start strong with Hadji in there, and if he wants to be able to give Hadji that opportunity. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how much of that he possibly gives. I I, I would like to see Yanis Hadji involved in it, only because I think that you're absolutely right. 
There's times where he can take the game by the scruff of the neck. He can look to be able to try and control it. But I want to see that from him against teams that I know for a fact that he could hurt. Um, and we look at guys like Ryan Kent. And we know that, you know, I, I get an image of Ryan Kent right now sitting in his living room, literally watching a clock on the wall, waiting until he can go to Ibrox to play against Celtic. That's how much he hates them. And they're terrified of him. And what I'd love is that same thing from Giannis Hadji. Maybe that's a mentality thing. Maybe that's something that he needs to get the confidence up to be able to try and make sure that they know that they're going to be facing, you know, an incredibly difficult opponent. Um, and I'd love to see him get into that because there's definitely something there. There's nuggets in there of, of real, real quality. And if we can get those kernels, we can blow them up, then that would be absolutely fantastic. Because again, like you said, I think the boy's got a legitimate, genuine talent. Um, and I'd love to see him do it for us. I'd love to see him do it within a Rangers jersey. Um, because there's a lot of conversation around him just now about some big-name clubs coming in for him. Now, Tess, um, some other uh, news which has come out uh, across the last couple of days has been that um, more and more uh, football and organisations, clubs uh, and, and, and businesses um, are looking to do something very, very similar to what Rangers did a couple of weeks ago, which is to arrange a social media boycott. Um, Rangers did this uh, following the Kamar Roof uh, Cadell racist incident um, with a view to having more responsibility put onto social media platforms and their, their relative administrators um, to ensure that um, anyone who goes on to it has to authenticate their account, has to register, has to go various security protocols to avoid moronic, parcel racists being able to go on, say whatever they want to be able to say and hide behind a wall of relative anonymity. Um, the, the boycott, um, is, is happening as of three o'clock on Friday afternoon and it's going to be across uh, the entire weekend until the end of bank holiday Monday. Um, firstly, before we get into the kind of detail of that, because I know this is something which is very close to your heart, um, I want to applaud the club for showing and, and to a certain extent leading the way in terms of being able to try and do this. They met with these platforms. They do want to have a conversation. Rangers have led on this. Um, my hope is that the more focus, the more uh, support that it attracts, uh, the opportunity will be there for these platforms to make the changes that we're asking for. Um, but what's your what's your thoughts on it in terms of the likelihood of that happening? Is this going to be something that we can see invoke real change? What's your kind of thoughts on it? So, as people may or may not know, I'm mixed race. Um, my father is white and it's his family that I'm uh, his Glaswegian family that I, I support Rangers my mother is black her family uh, well me grandparents from Jamaica so I am again proudly mixed race uh, my grandparents when they came to this country in the 50s came under the union flag because Jamaica was not independent then so, you know, being mixed race, I mean, British means everything to me. So what's happened the past 18 months has been extremely difficult um, with regards to the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd's murder, which has been certified as such through Derek Shevardnikovic's murder. It forced me to confront things in my life that I'd ignored, face up some very hard truths and look at things in a different way. One of which is that my football club, Rangers, are seen 
throughout the UK as a racist entity, which is absolute. I don't want to use profane language, but it it's complete foolishness. Um, a tie box. I I've got a season ticket. I run an RSC. Rangers Football Club are leading the way at the moment with regards to fighting the cancer that is racism, and I could not be prouder of them. Now, there are people who latch onto our football club because we wave the Union flag, proudly and rightly so, will latch onto our football club for the wrong reasons, and it's encouraging to see that we now issue those people. They aren't part of our family. They, they can't tell you how many trophies Bill's through for one. They can't tell you the, the start and level one won the, the cup in Barcelona in 1972. They aren't Rangers fans, they're just fools. But in England especially, Rangers are seen or were seen as a racist football club. Now, a couple uh, six weeks ago, whatever it was, Glenn Kamara was subjected to abuse that never mind a man going about his work no man ever should have to face up to. You know, in my life, I've had to deal with that kind of chat and worse. And it's horrific. It dehumanises you. It's it's hard to find the words to express how bad it feels when you are reduced to a colour, a statistic... You don't really matter. You know, people say sticks and stones break my bones. That's bullshit. Names hurt you. You know, getting made to feel like less than a person hurts you. And what's happened to Glen Kamara? I won't say good, because nothing good comes from racism. But one thing that was positive, shall we say, that came out of it was that the Rangers family saw what it... The, the thing for me was when there was a, there was a video shown of uh, Stevie G, who is one of the most famous footballers in the world, one of the greatest players of the last 50 years, without a doubt. And when he embraces Glenn Kamara, and Glenn Kamara falls into his arms like a baby... That's powerful. That is powerful. And each and every time we, and I say we, is in black mixed race, every time we see that, let alone experience it for ourselves, but every time we see that, that is how we feel. You know, Glenn, Glenn Kamara is an elite class athlete, a world-renowned footballer, yet Words said on the football pitch reduce him to the role of a five-year-old kid who fell into Stephen Gerrard's arms. You can see him sobbing. That emotion, it ain't put on. That's what it does. It hurts. You know, every time that kind of chat comes out, it, it strips away a part of your humanity. And I have experienced in my life things that I can't put into words how much it bothered me. And 30 years down the line, I carry it with me. 
But seeing Glenn Kamara, like I say, an elite athlete, fall into his manager's arms like a child, that should show people how much this kind of thing hurts. It gets you. It's not just words. It dehumanises you. Do you know what I mean? It's, it makes you feel less than a man, less than a person. So when this kind of thing comes along, you look for anything to hold on to. And that my football club that I've, you know, I'm, obviously p- people who know me know I'm from Derby, you know, I love and support Derby County. It's my life. But the first team I supported, the first football shirt I was Rangers. You know what I mean? And Rangers to me are everything. So to me, as a, as, as a black man, a black English man, to look at Rangers Football Club, how we've taken the lead on this issue, I can't begin to say how proud I am. How proud I am of our football club. I've had, I've had phone calls from friends of mine in Glasgow and beyond, all Rangers fans throughout the past 80 months of all this foolishness. And all they'll say to me is, I don't understand... But I'm with you. And that's all we, we as, as black and mixed race and non-white people want to hear. I'm with you. We're with you. The current social media boycott, personally, I don't think it will achieve a single thing. And that's probably cynical, but that's how I see things. It won't achieve anything. But to know that so many people are turned on to our cause who genuinely care about it and are going to stand with us, it means so, so much. I see that that Tim, I won't mention him by name because he's filth, that uh, Slavia Prague player has appealed his ban, the minimum ban he could have got. And that speaks volumes. He said what he said. And I... As I watched the match, I looked at Kamara's reaction and I saw in his eyes a look I've seen in my eyes when I was six, seven, eight years old, getting spat at, kicked, punched, bullied, but not defeated, never defeated, getting bullied for the colour of my skin. I've seen that look. I know, I know he's telling the truth. Every word that Glenn Kamara said was fact. And I know that because you cannot ever, ever hide that kind of pain and emotion. Again, look when he fell into Stephen Gerrard's arms. That's a grown man, an elite athlete, and he collapsed into CVG's arms like a baby because of how much it cut him to the quick, how much it hurt him deep. You can't hide that kind of thing. And, my, and, you know, Cadella's coming out and trying to appeal that suspension now. It's disgusting. And if UEFA really, really wanted to make a statement, they'd ban him for a year. They'd ban Savia Prague from York for a year because of their disgusting gaslighting of what Kamara said. But they won't. And this uh, protest until Monday won't change a thing. I'm very cynical because I've lived with this thing my entire life. And listeners, please believe me when I say 
This kind of thing cuts so deep. It dehumanises you. It makes you feel like you're not quite a person. You're not quite good enough. You don't belong. This ain't your place. What is our place? We don't know. Do you know what I mean? It, it really hurts. But that my football club that I've loved since the 80s, since I was four or five years old, the first football shirt I ever, before I went to see Derby County in 1989, I was a Rangers fan. You know what I mean? The first shit I was Rangers. I've loved this team since day, but believe me, I have loved this team since day. And that we are leading the fight against this type of foolishness means more to me than, than any of you can ever understand. But just know, just know that our football club is special. We are more than a football club. To people like me, in the situation that we are currently in, Rangers are everything. It is a shining light. It's we are. I can't express. I'm quite an articulate guy, but even I can't find the words to say how much I love this football club for what we're doing now. It means so much. I've spoken on various podcasts for about the barber shop because to to black guys, the barber shop. It's you know it's um. Amongst a lot of black people, there is a toxic masculinity. Right, no, wrongly, it is what it is. But the barbershop is where we get together. As, as black men on our own, you know, let, let's not kid about it. It's a safe space for black guys to just talk shit and be who we are. And today, uh, and in weeks gone by, I've been down there. And obviously, I talk about the Rangers because to me, that's one of the biggest things in my life. And even today, you've had people saying about Glenn Kamara, Connor Goldson, this, that, the other, and all saying, yeah, Rangers, they're, they're spot on. That's what it's all about. And in years gone by, it would have been, oh, Rangers are racist and this and that because people see the Union flag and see it as a force of bad, which, believe me, lads and ladies, it's not. Like I say, my grandparents come over in the 50s under the Union flag. It means a lot to me and my family, you know. The stereotype around Rangers Football Club and our fans is complete bullshit. You know what I mean? But to go down the barbershop, which is the epitome of black chat, so to speak, and to have every man in there saying how good Rangers have been about this whole thing. Steven Gerrard, the way he's reacted, a world icon, has shown the way with this kind of um, refusal to accept UEFA's half-hearted, oh yeah, we'll deal with it with this, and then it's gone burning in the sand. You know, it fills me with such pride. And whilst I don't think the current protest is going to amount to anything, believe me when I say I am so proud of my football club and each and every one of you for supporting me. I will say, me, as, 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 a, as, a, as a black man, not a Rangers fan, as a black man, each and every one of you for supporting us and our struggle, understanding where you don't understand, trying to, it means so much. And it's just another reason why Rangers are just the best team in the world, mate. And Cammy, I can't want to say any more, blood. Listen, I think... Uh, you know, and I, I purposely didn't want to to, to cut in there because I think that anyone listening to that will will understand or 
beginning to understand, I think is probably a better phrase in terms of where we see the impact of this. Because hearing it from you, hearing it from someone that that, that people have a connection with, as our listeners do with you, and, and seeing it and hearing it to how it impacts you becomes very visceral. It becomes it becomes real. It's not a thing that you read in the news. It's not a it's not a soundbite. It's nothing like that as well. I think it's a start in terms of being able to try and do the social media boycott stuff. And and I applaud, you know, the football and other sporting organisations, the rugby league are coming into it, so netball, uh, various other sports uh, personalities are also coming into it to be able to try and, and, and um, arrange the impact. If it doesn't have that effect, and I, listen, I think, and I'll take you back to, you mentioned Conor Goldson there, when um, he, he came out after the press conference following the Slavia game. Um, and I think he knew he knew that this would need something to be able to change because the current format doesn't work. So at the very least, what I, I, I sincerely hope, and I think that you hope for taste, and I think everyone listening to this hopes for, that if nothing else, what it does is it's a start, it's a step in a direction that will see change being able to, to, to be invoked and really, truly, honestly, remove racism forever. And if, if this is going to go down that, uh, as a possible opportunity, uh, then do you know what? Maybe we don't get it right first time. Maybe that's what happens. But we just accept it because we know that we don't have the perfect plan yet and the perfect solution yet. But we've got something, and something is better than nothing. And if that's step one of two hundred, then we'll walk every single step and we'll do it by your side as well. Just before we finish up, um, because listen, there's not this is a serious conversation, and there's no ideal way to be able to try and segue back from that because again like you say it needs conversations like this to happen it needs um, people to understand people to learn and be educated like me um, to, to to understand better what, what I see and hear um, is very close to the people I love such as you Tess but let's get back to just really quickly let's uh, let's talk about what we think is going to happen on Sunday we've talked about lineups we've talked about attitudes Tess, I'm going to stick you on the on the spot now, as I always like to do with my guests on extra when we've got a game coming up. Give me a score, and if you think Rangers will score some goals, tell me who you think will score them. I've got two theories. My first theory is we go out there, play our best, and win 2-0. We'll go 2-0 up and then just knock it about and take the piss. Secondly, it'll be 1-1. I couldn't really draw between the two theories because I don't know which Rangers are going to turn up. If it's the one that was last Sunday, let's be right, Celtic can't beat us. They're not good enough. You know, that's that's not evidence. It's facts. They're not good We'll do enough to get the draw. I personally think that the players will have taken from last Sunday and realised that they didn't have anything at the end of the day. You know, all we wanted this year was to win the title, which they won emphatically, emphatically. So there was nothing, but their personal pride would drive them to get the result. So if pushed, I would say 2-0, goal score was Ryan Kent and an other. Uh, let me throw a further curveball in the mix. If we get a penalty, who takes it? Not Tav. <laughs> me. Okay. You'll go on and take it. <laughs> me, yeah, you I'll, can... I'll attach some diving to the point to myself, mate. You know what I mean? Well, the manager was asked today about uh, whether or not Jack Simpson would play, and he made a bit of a joke with it, um, and saying, well, you know, I might play myself at centre-back. Uh, but all joking aside, I wouldn't necessarily be adverse to seeing the manager maybe coming on and taking a penalty. Um, yeah, listen, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a really interesting game in terms of 
uh, that attitude and how it kind of plays out. You're exactly right. There's a part of me, and I'm thinking about this now because it's not Sunday morning, uh, and I don't, you know, I've not yet had a drink yet. It's been a long working day, and I will get a beer in a, in a, in a few minutes. Uh, but I can already tell you now, right now, I'm saying, oh, let's just play it sensibly. Let's go out there. Let's be professional. Let's go out there. Let's do it. Let's achieve the result. Let's get it. And to your four minute the teeth said no let's absolutely rip them apart and you you you, co- you come over all Ian Ferguson and you just want to absolutely tear them one from one but that's who we're brought up on test that's our heroes and let's face it they've left a, a, a long and lasting impression on us um, that's it from us uh, for extra uh, for this week folks uh, David will be back with you um, on the flagship on Monday following the, the, the Celtic result um, and if you've enjoyed listening to, to test and myself please jump over to our Patreon site at patreon.com forward slash heart and hand um, there's loads of great stuff on there hundreds and hundreds of shows we've got some brilliant things which are coming up as part of a revamp across the summer so there's going to be loads of exciting changes however there's also thousands and thousands of hours of archive material in there as well that you can be able to go back and listen to whether you want to go back and relive the soonest years the advocate years the walter years we're currently covering at the moment as well at ibrox home we've got loads of tactics and analysis stuff in there we've got the time capsule We've got European hangover stuff. I can't take up too much more of your time talking about all the different content that we have, but it is absolutely fantastic. So jump over and join us if you want from as little as two quid a month. You can get some access to some brilliant things as well. Thank you to the executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Myers. And Tess, um, I always thank you for coming on because I always think you're a superb guest, but you spoke from the heart there. And I wanted to thank you for me personally for being so open and honest with this because... Um, like you say, I love you like a brother and I want to make sure that we do make this change because I hate seeing you upset. I knew everything I had to upset you, but we're all here for you as well. Cammy, I appreciate you giving me the platform to vent my spleen. Um, you know, I, I, as you say, it's not right what's going on and I can shed a first person account of things not that that's the only reason i'm on here because let's be right i'm i'm the star of the network but <laughs> <laughs> but you know um but no, but no th- thank you very much for coming to the platform and thank you for having me somewhere david edgar's head has just turned you know like a like a dog's whistle all the, it's like he's just he's just sitting in the couch he's just heard that someone's trying to steal his his throne i'll back you by the way i'll be your campaign manager let's overthrow him let's we'll run this uh, and yeah, we'll get him chucked out the door. That sounds like a good idea. But the aforementioned Mr. Hager will be back with you on Monday, folks. Have a great weekend. Let's get a result on uh, on Sunday. Uh, get your battle fever uh, meters absolutely blown through the roof, and let's have a brilliant weekend. And we'll speak to you again next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>